Welcome to another episode of Making Magic with your host, Bradley Morris from Magic Media. This is the go-to show for purpose-driven creators to get inspired with innovative new ideas to produce your educational content, build thriving online communities, and turn your message into a movement. Okay, everyone. We're officially going to get started here. Me, Tad Hargrave from Marketing for Hippies, artfully lit here in my uh, place in Victoria. So good to have you all here. Of course, we're here for this topic of how to grow your list. I'm launching my membership program. Uh, so shameless plug off the top. If you go to uh, marketingforhippies.com slash membership, you can check that out. And in the launch for it, I'm a big fan of the kind of launch that offers a lot of content in it uh, that is, is, is generous. Uh, and my intention was to give more free content than, than some people maybe offer in paid programs. And uh, so this is part of it. And I asked people, I said, well, what's a topic? You know, I've got all these teleseminars I've done on different topics, but here's some other ones I could do. And this one was a write-in. This one was not on the initial list, but it seemed to be the most popular. How to grow your audience, how to grow your list. And Why don't I hear you? Oh, yeah. My headphones. Oh, and uh, Kelly, if you can mute yourself. <laughs> if you everyone can mute yourself, that'd be great. Um, so, um, <laughs> so, again, if everyone could hit mute, that would be just fine. Kelly, I gotcha. Okay. So, um, yeah, so I wanted to, uh, I said, well, okay, that's the topic. I've got things I could say about it, but I thought I've got other colleagues who are a lot smarter than me, who have a lot of things to say about this. So I thought I'll, uh, I'll open up the door and we'll do a little bit of a palooza, if you will, a, uh, a uh, bit of a mishmash mosaic a uh, festival of ideas. So everyone's going to have, you know, uh, let's say eight, nine minutes to share their best ideas. Uh, and I've asked everyone to come with one idea, uh, to, you know, think of something in particular. And uh, so <clears throat> I'm going to start us off. There's so many things uh, I could say about this. So I'll, I'll give a few uh, with, within a, a certain framework. Here's the, the main thing. Uh, as, as a very simple, it just people forget to do it, is just ask. Ask people to join your list. You know, if you're speaking, give people an option to join your list. Here's how you do it. You know, it could be a little sign up form. If you do YouTube videos, finally realize you just have to start asking people, hey, click the subscribe button and click the little bell icon. If you, I, as soon as I started doing it, somebody asked me, said, did you notice the differences? Yes. <laughs> Meaning people were actually subscribing versus not subscribing. So, um, just asking, it's a big deal. Um, but okay, that's, the, that's the, the initial thing. That's just a simple, we forget to do it. But there's a framework um, that, that may be a good, good lattice work for this whole thing, which is word of mouth. Uh, I have a longer video. If you check out YouTube, just search Tad Hargrave word of mouth marketing, you'll find it. But so this is a condensed version of it. If you want something to spread, I mean, yeah, you can, there's, there's different things you can do. And actually, I just posted an article from Charlotte Jacobs who will be joining us soon on my page about three ways to grow your list. You can do it organic, you can do paid, or you can do partnerships. There's three general ways. So if you check my Facebook page, you'll see the link to that. But those are basically the three ways, organic, paid, and partnership. And so I want to talk about this organic kind, because uh, I think that's the most reliable, solid over time. Um, that's the long game. 
the paid and the partnership just accelerates that. So there's three keys and I'll give them in reverse order from least important to most important. So the least important, but still important is making it worthwhile for people to spread the word. You know, if you want people to spread the word, you gotta make it worthwhile. Um, and there's a lot of things that could be, but fundamentally I'm talking about just thanking people, acknowledging people when they spread the word. If people refer to your business and you never acknowledge it, you never thank them, uh, they just, you know, we're, we're petty creatures, humans. It's, it's understandable. People just kind of, they, uh, they stop at a certain point. And if you thank them, so what does this mean? It means you track where the business comes from as much as you can. Online, I understand it's a little bit trickier, but, you know, people are working with you one-on-one. -on -one. How did you hear about me? How did you hear about this workshop? You can even do it for your teleseminars. You could be asking, and not everyone will answer, but I remember one time I did a workshop and three people in the workshop said this fellow, Ross Gooding, he told me. And I said, who the hell is Ross Gooding? Never heard of this guy. I said, does anyone have his email? And I emailed them. I just said, thank you. Three people are in my workshop because of you. Oh yeah, yeah. I've just been following your work. Never heard of this guy. You know, now we're friends in Edmonton. And... So just thanking people, being gracious. It goes so far, <clears throat> you know. Uh, Another example of this, there was a restaurant in Edmonton called Nourish, and sadly it closed recently, but they were doing a relaunch, and they said, Tad, we're doing this relaunch, a soft open, we're trying the new menu, would you let us feed you? Come, bring a guest, bring a date, and it's all, dinner's on us, drinks are on us all night. And I, I was like, thank you, because I've sent you a ton of business. <laughs> it was true. I, I, you know, I brought them a lot of business, over, and it felt so good to be acknowledged. So there's that, okay, but that's the least important. That's like 1%, 9%, these stats are completely made up by me. Uh, but 9% of it is, uh, you gotta make it easy. This is such a big deal. I go into this more in the video and you can check that out for free. The, if you just go again, Tad Hargrave, word of mouth marketing on YouTube, but you wanna make it easy. So a simple URL that goes a long way. Don't have a complicated, hard to remember URL, easy. Um, don't say, hey, everyone, could you spread the word on my workshop coming up? Give them the cut and paste text. Make it easy. Hey, tag your friends below. Make it easy. Don't make people work to spread the word. The more you can simplify this, the better. Uh, it's, it's crazy. I, I see people, the, the, uh, anyway, I won't tell the story. There's a funny story about a crystal necklace that I was wearing in this video. So I won't go into that now because it'll take forever. You want to make it very simple for people to spread the word, literally create the mechanisms for them to do so. Because it's easy. We say, well, want people to spread the word. How? You want them to go to your website, memorize your, your spiel that you can't even do properly yourself. You know, most of us struggle to articulate ourselves, but we want them to just figure this out. And then, you know, it's exactly what do you want them to do and how? What will be the way, <laughs> the easiest way that they could spread the word? So uh, that's very important to make it easy to spread the word. Okay, but 90% of it, most of it, is you've got to make it remarkable. You've got to make it really good. Whatever you do, it's got to be so good. I just did a puttering session the other day and uh, it was an old friend of mine actually. And uh, I met her years ago through a kind of hippie gathering of young people. And now she's a therapist. She calls me for this puttering session, a little one-on-one -on -one call. And I, and I say, yeah, what are you up to these days? And she says, Oh, I'm a therapist. I said, oh, that's cool. You know, and, and uh, I say, so uh, 
what do you need help with? Well, I'm trying to get clients. And everything she's telling me tells me she's trying to reach everybody. There's no niche at all. You know, I do these free sessions, but almost nobody books them. And I and finally asked, I said, what? I said, okay, so I'll, I'll just stop right now. And I can tell you your problem if you're interested. She said, yeah. I said, well, you got no niche. You're trying to reach everybody. You're trying to be everything to everybody. You're just a general therapist. In my lingo, you're not talking about this journey from island A to island B, from the problem to the result. You're talking about the boat. And I asked her, I said, what's something that, what are some things that therapies helped you overcome? And she had a bit of a list, but the main one that jumped out and the, the other ones all seemed to connect to was she was in a cult. Uh, it was a kind of a cultural uh, cult. Um, and it took her two years of therapy that she went into for other reasons to realize she was in a cult. And that, that she'd given up so much of her individuality. And I said, how would you feel about helping people who'd been in cults to, to unpack that and overcome that. And she just lit up. And here's the reason I share the story is because how do you create something that's remarkable as a therapist? Well, you nothing is gonna be remarkable for everybody. And what most people do is they freestyle it. Whoever they see, well, what's your issue? And then they kind of freestyle a response versus actually having something ready, designing something for a particular group of people with a particular problem. And I just told her, I said, you know, if you hang out your shingle for that with a little bit of work, I don't think you're going to be struggling too much. I think the word will spread. Why? Because first of all, it's very clear, which makes it easier to spread the word. But also you're, you've gone through this yourself. My guess is you will be remarkable at helping people with this. You'll be really good at it. And because of that, you'll be getting results. And if you get results, people will spread the word. That's why people talk. I mean, if you think about anything you talk about word of mouth wise, anything you spread the word for, helping them grow their list, help, helping them grow their audience. You don't do it because they bribed you. You do it because they make the best breakfast sandwich in town. You do it because you've never had a better massage. You do it because you've never, um, you've never seen a better therapist. You know, we all have that yoga teacher that you went to for years, they change your life. And then one day they say, I'm moving, I'm leaving town. No, you can't. You can't leave town on disallowed because you know what I'm saying. And you talk about them all the time. And why? It's not because their marketing is so sophisticated. It's because they're really good at what they do. They helped you get a result. If you help people actually get the result, they will rave about you. So those are the three things. Least important, but so worthwhile. Make it worthwhile, thank people, be gracious. Number two, make it easy. Give people the mechanisms, the languaging, the ways to spread the word. And number three, you've got to make it worthwhile. You've got to be really good at what you do. And I don't think you can do that, frankly, without having some sense of niche uh, of what you're about. Uh, so there you go. That's my opening salvo, my humble uh, beginning. Me, uh, This is me just setting the table for what's to come. And uh, next we're gonna turn it over to uh, Mark Silver who um, I uh, trying to, oh, there you are, Mark. There we are. Oh, hey. Uh, so um, Mark is my, uh, my, my marketing grossif, my, uh, <laughs> my, uh, oh man, I'm trying to think of more alliterative things. Anyways, I love this man. And uh, he uh, runs heartofbusiness.com if you want to check out his website, which I do encourage. If you are drawn to, um, the, the kind of more spiritual bent towards marketing and, and this notion that every act of business can be an act of love. 
if this inspires you, and of course, I think you'll be very inspired after hearing him, you know, I recommend uh, to go check him out. We've known each other for must be 15 years now, I feel like. And uh, we've exchanged clients back and forth many times over the years. So I won't take too much of your time. Mark, over to you. Mm. Subhanallah, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, in the name of the one, most compassionate, most merciful, most kind. So list building. There's, um, there's actually two things I want to talk about during this very brief slice of time. And um, the kind of overall topic I want to talk about is uh, events, using events to grow your list. Um, and in this time and day, uh, virtual events. But virtual events, even without COVID, is a, <laughs> is a fine way to do it because it's much easier and you reach a larger audience. But the other thing I want to talk about for just a few minutes, I, it comes up a lot with our community, and I'm figuring it's going to come up here as well, is, to, is just this um, willingness to embrace having a list and speaking to an audience. Because, you know, one of the best ways to grow your list is to love your list <laughs> and to love having a list and to care about it. And um, I, I, I've been doing this work for 20 years, helping people grow um, uh, spiritually oriented, ethical, small businesses. And, um, and I've heard this all the time throughout this 20 years of like, I don't want to bother people. I don't want to bother people. And most of the time when we're marketing, what people are holding in their mind's eye, in their heart, is somebody who's standing like this, who doesn't want what you got, who needs to be convinced, who's kind of like, you know, like, yeah, prove it to me. Yeah, I don't want it anyway. You're not talking to those people. It's true that we get a lot of spam and we get a lot of junk you know, I buy something from Best Buy, you know, or wherever, <laughs> you know, like from one of these box stores. And, um, and then you're on their email list and you get a bunch of stuff from them that you never read, you don't want to really see. And so we take that in internally. But we're not remembering all of the people that we love hearing from. So I've recently gotten into woodworking um, and um, I'm loving it and, uh, you know, built a couple pieces of furniture, built it. It's like, you know, uh, you know, made a cheese board. I'm like, oh, my God, it looks beautiful. How did I do that? And um, and I'm on this guy, um, Steve Ramsey's list, both his YouTube channel and his email list, woodworking for mere mortals. And um, and I love getting his emails. I love them. Um, they're relevant to me. They're interesting. They're useful. I'll probably buy his course. I haven't yet. I've only been on his list for a few weeks. It's a relatively new um, thing. But I just want you to hold in your heart that your list is about getting help to people who really need it, who are going to resonate with your particular voice. You don't need a million people, that you don't need 100,000 people, that you don't need 10,000 people, that for a small business, for a, for a um, solo business, you know, you're, you're, you're not trying to reach the whole world. You're just people that are going to actually be really grateful to hear from you. And this may be old news, 
And um, Tad wanted me to focus on something really practical, and I will. But I feel like you ha you have to embrace this idea, otherwise it's just tactics. And if you're not feeling in your heart, it's not they're not going to work because you're going to have this kind of like pulling your punches and kind of doing it halfway and hiding instead of going, oh my goodness, there's people who need what I'm doing, and I need to get it to them. So I wanted to start with that. And so I just want to give you a moment to just breathe and take it in if this was a message that you're needing. And um, just let yourself like push aside all of the people who don't want to hear from you anyway, and really let yourself embrace the people who actually need what it is that you've got. And it doesn't have to be a very large audience. SubhanAllah. So, by the way, I'm a Sufi Muslim in practice. I'm sorry that these phrases keep coming out. Um, I'm not sorry, but want to explain. Um, so, events. Events are um, a really wonderful way to get the word out and to build an audience. And um, I want to say also in preface that all the other speakers, I've you know seen the lineup and what they're going to be talking about. And I'm like, oh, I want to talk about that. Oh, I want to, they're all talking about like wonderful things. And, um, and events work in conjunction with a lot of these ideas because um, you're needing to get the event in front of people. But part of what gets the event in front of people is a lot of what Tad was saying, that it's something that's really, that it's really useful. So, so if you're looking to create an event, I don't want you to be thinking, I mean, I'm gonna take a slightly different tack because we all need to hear things in different ways. And, um, the, you know, Tad said, you know, you, you've got to be really good, which is really true. You do have to be good, but you also don't have to be a star. You can be perfectly human. You can be imperfect and um, show up as you are, but with some passion and some conviction and love and with a topic that you feel strongly about. Because the thing about events that makes them powerful is that one, that they happen in a certain time. You know, it's like if you're just trying to grow your list and people can sign up anytime, there's no, there's no urgency. There's no like, oh, I'll look at that later. And the truth is that we human beings are very um, driven by deadlines because our lives are over full. You know, I've got preteen boys, I've got a business, I've got, you know, community, I've got all of these things going on. And it's like, it's easy to drop things. And so when something has a date and a time to it, it, it gets inscribed on our calendar, it gets, it, it's like it shows up as a thing. And so an event kind of focuses energy in that way. And so having that, you can um, uh, bring the topic that is really on your heart, that is really important. I want you to take a moment now and think about your industry, the general area that you work in, and think about a topic that you have an opinion about, that you have a strong opinion about, that you know not everybody in your industry agrees with. 
And I don't mean about creating false controversy or, you know, just like stirring the pot for no reason, but, you know, something that's really that you, you know, that you have a strong opinion about. Like I did a, um, uh, a virtual event on um, a free webinar on um, pay from the heart pricing, how to let your clients set the price. And which, you know, almost our, almost our entire businesses pay from the heart at this point, our, our clients at the price. That can be a pretty radical teaching in a business development industry where everybody's like, charge what you're worth and like set your prices and be clear. It's like there's some kind there's controversy there, but not false controversy, but real, real questions. It's like, and how do you do that with that? So it's like, take a moment. What is a topic that you care about, that you have a strong opinion about, that not everyone in your industry agrees with? <laughs> I just saw an email flash across my screen, my assistant asking me, somebody's asking about permission to use pay from the heart. <laughs> like, anyway, it's like, it, 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 it focuses attention. So that's a that's a big deal. Let me give you just a couple of tips. Um, I've been a, a teacher and a presenter for years and years and years. I mean, not only 20 years in this business, but before that, I was a paramedic and I taught on topics around paramedic stuff. I've, just, I've been teaching for many, many years. And I just want to give you a couple of tips around uh, effective presentations, which may or may not have shown up in this particular presentation. We'll see what you guys think about it. But um, one of them is, is that you want to go deep rather than wide. Like I didn't come in here trying to throw 20 tips at you in 10 minutes. I want you to walk away with something actually useful. And so like two ideas is like embrace the list and an event about something that you're passionate about, you know, that, that, that has maybe some controversy to it. The second thing is, is that you want to, you know, you, you want to go deep rather than wide and you want to include as little as possible really as little as possible. You don't impress people by piling stuff in, you overwhelm them. And I'm going to wrap this up because I know that I'm out of time. Um, the two other pieces that I'm going to mention really quickly, one is like separate the teaching time from Q&A and interaction, because that allows you to have a really clean recording without needing to get permission from people to use their voice or their, you know, um, and also in case the Q&As don't go that smoothly, you still have a recording that's really useful. And the, the, um, uh, the second thing is, is just like I did today, like, include at least something experiential, even if it's very small, so that they have a, an experience of having used the information and it stays in their body memory longer. Like it's, it, it has some stickiness and some usefulness to it. So, um, yeah, that's my 10 cents on uh, one aspect of growing your list. Mark, thank you so much. That was uh, that was dope. Um, yeah. So um, yeah. Oh man, there's so much there. I put a link to uh, a blog post I wrote years ago, marketingforhippies.com/rant. It's in. Uh, it's now in my point of view marketing ebook. <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, you know, the, the blog post I realized one day when I did the, I never look at my numbers, but one day I did. And the blog posts that got the most traffic were the rants, where I just shared an opinion that I felt passionate about, something I was tired of seeing. Another way to, to you know, so what's the bullshit in your industry that you're sick of? What's the stuff in the world you're just tired? What makes you want to holler? What are you just like, I can't hold this in anymore? That stuff usually gets a very good reaction. Why? Because you're not the only one feeling it. And it, it's such a relief to see it when somebody's willing to share their opinion. And again, as Mark said, it's not to poke the bear. It's not the false controversy. It's just honesty. And the emperor's new clothes, you know. So anyway, man, I could go on and on about the things I really loved about uh, Mark's piece here. So um, let's just see where I'm at. Uh, okay, so Julie, you are uh, up next. Now, Julie Bulk, uh, gosh, I've also known for years, uh, what I love about Julie's work is uh, a real focus on how marketing and business maps onto nature and, and natural systems. Of course, there's something so unnatural about business in the, the modern world um, empire and all this. And so looking at how do we bring more of that into our business and bring our business into alignment with that. So um, without any further ado, Julie Wolk. Thank you, Tad. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Um, I, like Tad said, I use nature as a guide to help um, women identified service-based business owners uh, slow down and streamline their businesses. And I talk about helping people transform a business that drains them into a business that sustains them. So that's my thing. And um, as far as marketing, what I want to talk about today, so in my view, effective marketing requires three things. I'm only going to talk about one of them, but I'm just going to share all three. Um, and that's creative or clarity, creativity, and consistency. Um, I'm going to focus on the creativity piece, but I will just say quickly that the clarity piece, Tad's already touched on this, but these are the foundations of your marketing, right? Like your niche and your, your message, your framework, your offers. Um, I call these the roots of business because um, if you don't fruit, you can't root. I mean, if you don't root, you can't fruit. <laughs> um, and so, um, you know, which basically means if you're not clear on these things, any marketing strategy that you try is essentially going to be a waste of time. So um, that's the clarity piece. And then the third one is, you know, consistency. So that's like once you've figured out the right strategy for you, um, you want to systematize it, create a little marketing machine, as I call it, which is so not natural, but marketing can get so emotional that I, I, I think that we need to create little marketing machines that create consistency that we can just do things over time um, consistently. So those are the two things I'm not talking about. Um, <laughs> the thing I want to talk about today is the creativity piece um, and this question of what if marketing were fun? Like, what if we enjoyed marketing? Um, and hold on, I got to grab my, uh, just lost something there. Um, whoa. My computer just did something really funny. Can you? Okay. <laughs> um, so, right. Cause like for so many people, marketing is like drudgery, right? And the reason there's, you know, there's a few reasons that marketing feels like drudgery. One is because sometimes the roots aren't clear, right? It's totally awkward to market when you, you know, don't know how to describe what you're doing. Right. So that's one reason marketing can feel hard. Another reason is that, um, you know, there's a lot of sleazy marketing out there. So we don't want to like participate in the sleaze. 
And I remember Chad once you said actually that that's that's a sign of our integrity, right? That you that if you feel edgy about marketing because it's sleazy, it's like, well, yeah, that makes perfect sense because you have you're a high integrity person that doesn't want to participate in in yucky stuff, right? Um, and then the third reason that I think people you know kind of feel the marketing drudgery is because you're not really being yourself in your marketing, right? You're taking something that's like kind of cookie cutter and you're doing it because you think you should or you've seen it work. Like, oh, I should do a five-day challenge or I should do a webinar because um, that's what's every that's what people are doing, right? And it, so it kind of feels a little stale and um, and that's not really motivating, right? And you know, if, if your marketing strategy doesn't feel motivating, if it doesn't feel authentic and fun and creative to you, you probably aren't going to do it, right? Julie, so, how then? Are you typing? In the no, I'm hearing typing in the background. Oh. Somebody, I don't know where it's from. Um, okay. Anyways, continue. I'll figure it out. On okay. Um, so, so the reason, okay. So then, oh, I know what I did. Okay. It, is it better now? Tad? Is it okay? Okay. Um, so, so I want to give you two tips for how we can make marketing feel creative and fun. So the first one is a little story that I will tell you. I, when I gave birth a couple of years ago, I, um, I needed help from a lactation consultant. And so I called this woman and she was amazing. She helped me out, helped us out. And she, we got to be friends and talked about business a bunch. And she told me how she started her business. And she, this woman is so busy. Like she, she has clients coming out of her ears. She's really good at what she does. And the way that she started her business was that she went to a bakery and she said, could you make me a whole bunch of cupcakes? And she had cupcakes made that were these like little chocolate cupcakes. And the middle of each cupcake was a little like round white bit of frosting. And she took two of these cupcakes. She had, she had a hundred made and she went and took two cupcakes and went to 50 different offices all around the Bay area where I'm from. She went to doctor's offices. She went to doula's offices. Anybody that worked with uh, like, you know, moms and babies, essentially. And she delivered two cupcakes to each of these people that looked like boobs. Two cupcakes with nipples on them that looked like boobs. With a little note that said, I'm Serena. Here's what I do. Here's how I can help your patients, your clients. You know, send them my way. And um, I literally don't think she's done any marketing since then. Um, and again, partly she's amazing at what she does, which of course helps. Um, but she had this amazingly unique, creative little marketing strategy that she did. And I tell the story because it, it inspires me. It inspires me to think outside of the box around, you know, how can we make our marketing fun and creative? So a question that I ask my clients, and I will also ask you, and if something comes to you, um, or if you've heard of something fun like this, please feel free to share in the comments, but what's your boob cupcake? right? Like what can you do that's going to be totally, utterly unforgettable that is going to um, have people sending clients your way because they can't possibly forget, right? Um, so, you know, and it doesn't have to be a physical thing. I tell this story, you know, this is obviously a physical thing, um, but it doesn't. It's just about being creative. Um, although getting something in the mail these days is a really super special thing, right? So, um, so any boob cupcake ideas in the in the comments there? Feel free if you if something comes to you. Uh, so that's one tip. The other tip I'm going to give is around also around creativity, which 
is really about taking those kind of the, the marketing strategies that maybe feel a little bit stale and like overdone and making them your own because the, the, there are, there are marketing strategies out there that are out there a lot. And the reason is because they do work, right? Like free challenges can really work to grow your business. Webinars can really work to grow your business, but I don't know about you, but I'm just like, Oh, everybody's got a friggin' webinar, you know, I don't do another webinar and just add to the pile of webinars out there. Right. Um, and for me right now, actually, personal example, I'm making a, an assessment, right? And because there's so many quizzes out there right now. And so, you know, what I what I decided to do, most of the quizzes out there are like, what's your, find out your, you know, unicorn healer archetype code, right? And and they sort of silly and they give you some silly answer. And I'm like, well, you know, I, I know I've read a lot about how quizzes can be really effective, but I just don't want to do a, you know, healer chakra unicorn archetype quiz code that's just not my thing right so instead i'm designing a uh, more of an assessment that's actually going to give people some real information about you know how they're how they're doing business um and the way that um i'm actually going to make fun a little bit of those like kind of how i just was when i open up this it's actually not on my it's going to be on my website soon but it, like i open up by saying you are not going to get your um, you know, healer archetype code during this quiz, but you will get some useful information about how to make your business more easeful, right? And I'm just going straight in with um, my voice being authentically me, making a poking a little bit of fun at the industry of marketing because that's going to cut through um, some of the noise, some of the other quizzes, some of the zillion webinars, right? I think on my webinar landing page, it says something like, look, I know everybody and their sister has a webinar, but blankety blank, right? So it can be helpful to just really say what you feel and be very bold and authentic and creative in your marketing. Um, and that ultimately doing those things are going to actually make you more excited about the marketing that you're doing. And then you're going to do your marketing and then you're going to have more clients. So that's what I wanted to share with you today. Thanks. Oh, and are, are people putting a cartoon page made with animals to introduce my coaching style leaders? Cool. I love that. Um, a quiz on find out full of BS you are. Yeah. Awesome. Right. Yeah. Cool. Thanks everyone. Yeah. Thank you, Julie. Uh, mm -hmm. And I would invite everyone just to, you know, yeah, reflect on this. If any ideas come also of things you've seen uh, out there in the marketplace of the kind of, what was the boob cupcake? What was this? Wow. That was a really, that really caught my attention. Uh, Seth Godin talks about this as purple cows as a book by that title. So um uh, anyways, so much more can be said, and you can check out Julie at juliewolkcoaching.com. I've put the link in here. Next up, we've got Paul Zelizer, who, uh, you know, very uh, kindly is joining us. Paul um, runs a group called uh, Awarepreneurs and on Facebook and has been such an amazing voice uh, around issues of social justice. Uh, within business over the years. I admire him so much and also has been my new go-to for uh, when people are wanting to start uh, podcasting. I uh, had an interview uh, with Mark Silver recently and I've and, uh, been sending a lot of people uh, his way. So anyways, Paul, thank you so much for making the time. Over to you. Thank you so much, Tad, for having me and congratulations. This is such a, I celebrate you. I'm a huge fan of membership and community and to see you stepping into this, um, just many, many blessings. And it's interesting, it's not too often, I'm looking around and I've been doing this work for 13 years and I know 
I saw Mark and Julie and Tab, but I, I see a lot of faces I don't know. So hi, everyone. <laughs> it's really an honor to be here. And I want you to try a little thought experiment with me. So imagine you got to go on a stage. This pre-COVID times, right? <laughs> and in the audience are 800 people. And you get 45 minutes to talk to those 800 people about what you're passionate about. And you didn't have to get the 800 people there. Somebody else got them there for you, signed them up, and you've got 45 minutes to share about the nuance and the depth of what you do and why you do it and who you help, right? Not 13 minute, uh, 13 word Instagram meme, 45 minutes in front of 800 people and all the logistics were taking care of you. The caveat is you wouldn't get paid, but you could pitch something in a relational way about your business. Would you do it? Tad says, yes, yeah. You just drop in, you do your 45 minutes and then it's all taken care of you, right? Would you do it if there were 8,000 people? How about 80,000 people? <laughs> Same thing, it's all taken care of you. You just show up, have a really honest, nuanced conversation and 800, 8,000, 80,000 people and you can do it as often as you want as long as you're willing to do a little bit of work to set that up. That's what I'm here to talk to you about today. I love conscious business and I've been at it for a long time now. But one of the things I see people struggling with, like Julie was saying, is the marketing can feel dead, it can feel like really heavy. And those of you who don't know me, I'm the host of a podcast. We just got, uh, it just, it's called Awarepreneurs, you can go check it out. Um, we're now in the top 2% two, two of all podcasts in the world. Um, we uh, get two to 300 pitches every week. Um, so, you know, a thousand pitches a month. Um, I see a lot of things. I see what works. I talk to people. This works. <laughs> and it's free. It takes a little bit of time and energy, right? But I want to talk to you not just about the opportunity of leveraging somebody like myself. We just published episode 176. Uh, yesterday, I believe. Um, there are people who've created the exact kind of audiences from 800 to 8,000 to 80,000 to 800,000. I don't know how many people listen to Brene Brown's podcast, but it's a lot. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool, right? <laughs> and she's done all the work, right? Now, obviously, there's a lot of people who are trying to get on Brene Brown's podcast, but you don't need that level of visibility. If you're doing it regularly, I would say minimum twice a month and you're doing it with intentionality, I'm gonna teach you how to find these podcasts in just a second. You can leverage a platform in this incredibly relational way. You can tell stories. If it's an interview one, you joke, you share, you can be deep. You, the average podcast episode is 43 minutes long. Think about that for a second. 43 minutes to share in depth and with nuance and unpack and tell stories and examples and. The, the depth that I know, because I know Tad, that each of you who's on this call wants to share and the nuance, right? Podcast listeners are looking for that. They want that. They don't want the 13 word Instagram meme version of what you do. They wanna know the nuance. 
Some other things to know about podcast listeners are they are innovative thinkers. They're early adapters. They use podcasts to find the ideas and they're natural leaders. So they are in general as a group, they're listening to podcasts because people come to them and say, what's new? What's going on in our space, right? And they use podcasts and they want to hear your new idea, your out of the box, wild hippie thing. They love that. That's why we listen to podcasts, something new and interesting that not everybody else knows about. Podcast listeners are more likely to be in positions of leadership. And guess what? They make more money, a lot more money, <laughs> a lot more money. I can send that data to Tad. Um, I didn't want to do a whole slideshow, but this is a pretty unique group of things. And if you're guesting, you can access those people as often as you want by you just show up, you have to pitch it well, and I'm gonna give you three places you can find podcasts should you wanna do this. And somebody else like myself, who's the host, will take care of all the logistics and the tech stuff, and I'll send you a perfectly produced podcast episode that you can take and an episode graphic and do marketing to your audience. Plus, I'm, and the host, I'm gonna take it to my audience, which can be as, big as a million people a show. Most of us won't do that, but you don't need a million people a show uh, or downloads of that number. You can find shows quite easily with 200, 500, 1,000, 10,000 downloads. And here's three places where you can do it. And they're all free, by the way. Number one, there is a Facebook group called Podcast Guest Connection. It's free to join Podcast Guest Connection. It's like 10 or 11,000 members, and it has people who are both hosts of podcasts and people who are wanting to be great guests, such as yourself. The second place is there's a platform, two platforms, actually. It's like the Tinder for podcasting, right? <laughs> Matching up guests and hosts. Um, Matchmaker.fm, James Mulvaney, I actually interviewed him on a podcast, fabulous guy, and he set up a beautiful platform, free to join. You set up a profile either as a guest or as a host. I'm going to suggest start as a guest, and then if you want to start a podcast, awesome. And the second platform is Podit, P-O-D-D-I-T.net, and you can create those platforms. You can leverage those platforms for free. You put up a good profile. You start the last thing I'll suggest, because my time's just to run out, is get yourself a podcast journal, right? Where you just start making some notes. If you do anything with awareness, you're going to get better at it. That's like mindfulness 101, right? Get yourself three or four topics, a couple of bullet points, do some shows. It's like learning how to run. You get off the couch, you run around the block <laughs> before you try to run a marathon, and just take some notes about what you're learning. And if you do this regularly, at least twice a month, your business will grow because look who's listening to podcasts. You'll get better at it. It's fun. It's really one of the best ways I know I'm marketing less. I'm not sending out newsletters. I don't have to do social media hardly at all, right? I host a podcast, which is a bigger time investment. It's awesome long-term, but guesting is where I started. And you can do that as often as you want. Start with platforms like these. There's lots of other advanced strategies, but I highly, highly recommend it because you get to be in front of those 800 people having a deep dive conversation. Somebody else will do it all the work of getting the audience. I don't know too many things like that in terms of getting 
interesting, innovative ideas out to the people who are willing to pay for it as much as podcast guesting. So thanks for having me, Tad. If anybody has questions, feel free to reach out to me and um, just so appreciate what y'all are doing. Oh, nailed it. <laughs> thanks, Tad. Um, so actually, and Paul and everyone who's been guests, uh, Mark and Julia and, and those who are coming, please feel free to put any links in the chat uh, to your work, to things that are coming up, uh, offers, you know, uh, feel free, uh, you know, I think people probably really would love, to, would love to see that. And I would love for them to get it, frankly. So uh, yes, amazing podcasting. Great. Uh, so many things I could comment on, but we got to keep moving. All right, next we've got Rebecca Tracy. Uh, oh my God, how excited am I that Rebecca Tracy is here. Um, I met Rebecca Tracy, some of you have heard the story before. She was a student in a holistic nutrition college. Uh, this was years ago and I was coming in to talk about marketing and then we stayed in touch and she started a business that uh, was a nutrition uh, coaching business and quickly realized she wanted to get out of that and became a business coach and is now one of my, my favorite colleagues. Uh, we have an interview we did, done a bunch of things together. Uh, she's really uh, incredible in terms of just some real talk, no nonsense um, <laughs> stuff for Margaret. Yeah, I just sent out an email today giving people, here's some cut and paste stuff to spread about my membership. And it said, um, you know, it was pre-written like as if it's from them, but it's like, hey, I really appreciate Ted's no, no, um, oh, what was it? No, no pressure and no nonsense, but I forgot to put the no. So it's like, I really appreciate Ted's no pressure and nonsense approach to marketing. <laughs> so, uh, well, I don't mind having a nonsense approach. That's all right. So anyways, uh, I love Rebecca so much. I'm so glad she's here. Rebecca, over to you. Yay. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me, Ted. I always feel... So honored to get invited to these things. Um, so, okay, getting my bearings here because I came on to boob cupcakes and was like, whoa. <laughs> um, so I was actually going to talk about um, kind of just what Paul just talked about. <laughs> so I think what I might do is just kind of continue um, in that conversation because I have found that the, so I've had my business for 11 years now. Tad, that's how long ago it was. Well, since 2011. So actually, no, that's why, almost 10 years. Um, and the quickest way that I was able to grow my audience and that I still use is being in front of other people's audiences. So podcasting is one fantastic way to do that. Um, things like guest posting, coming in and being, in, being an expert in other people's things like this, all of these ways are going to get you much more traction than sitting and, you know, writing endless blog posts that only your current followers are going to see. I see a lot of new business owners, to be honest, just wasting a lot of time, like creating content that only their current audience sees, um, which is not that useful, right? Like Paul was talking about, if you can create a piece of content and have 8,000 people see it versus posting it on your blog, where maybe you're 80 subscribers see it and you know your mom replies and says like nice job right so we want to be getting in front of other people's audiences as much as we can so um I think I'll just kind of continue with what Paul talked about and um give you a couple more tangible tips for that I love those resources I actually just jotted down that Facebook group because I'm going to join that I love being on podcasts um you'll be doing a lot of the legwork when you start in your business and eventually the flip will switch and people will come and start asking you if they can interview you. So just know that it will not always be this, this much work to get started. 
Um, so one thing that I do recommend before, actually, let's go through the, the different options. So podcasts are a great one. Um, guest posting is a little bit outdated, but I would say that there's still some, some great opportunity for that. So getting yourself onto other people's blogs, if somebody has a really prominent blog, um, and then expert trainings in other people's Facebook groups or other people's, um, paid or free programs, or just doing like a JV webinar or JV training where you kind of both go on together and you both promote to your audience. So again, the idea is just sort of like borrowing from other people's audiences. So those, those are the three ways. Um, that you can do this. Tad talks all the time about hub marketing. So that's a big piece of what, you know, if you're in her, if you're in his membership, that's I'm sure what you'll learn because it's a huge part of his approach. Um, and the thing that really makes all of this work, because you're now you're probably like, great, what do I pitch? How do I pitch? Where, where do I find places? Right. So we've got a couple of great recommendations from Paul. Um, this is where Tad's point of view work really, really comes into play because the thing that will make your pitch stand out from, you know, I think Paul said they got 200 a day or a month or something like that that'll make your pitch stand out is having a, a unique point of view. Um, so something that, you know, something that maybe your industry is like Julie was talking about, you know, people are kind of tired of hearing the same old thing. So coming in with a new angle, a new approach, saying something that maybe goes kind of against what the common thinking is in your industry, not putting anyone else down, but just having something different to say is going to be the thing that's going to get you noticed when it comes to like a guest post, guest post or a blog post. Um, on somebody else's site or going into somebody else's Facebook group. Um, one thing that I would recommend that you have before you start doing all of this is at least an opt-in. Um, you don't have to have a whole website up, but at least just a way to capture people's email addresses because when you're featured in one of these places, you're gonna get a whole bunch of people coming back to check you out. And so at the minimum, um, I love to have my, my clients have at least an opt-in. So something free that they can offer just to collect those email addresses. Um, I think Tad actually, I remember being in your day long workshop, Tad, and I think he actually asked this question of like, if you could be on Oprah tomorrow, you know, or in one year from now, what would you do? And everyone was like tomorrow. And he's like, no, you're probably not ready yet. Um, and so having that, that sort of base set up of a way to like collect people's information so that you can continue to connect with them um, is going to be really important before you start doing all this outreach. Um, so a couple of other ways that I really love to find places to pitch to, especially for podcasts, is to go and find, um, go and look up the name of your competition. So whoever you would kind of see as like a competitor in your industry that's, you know, either on the same level as you or like a little bit ahead and Google their name plus podcast or plus guest post. And you will get a list and Google of all the places they've ever been featured which is great because it means that those places are taking that type of content and then you can go and pitch to those places as well. So that's probably the like easiest kind of sneaky way to just like get right in there to where the other people in your industry are already doing this. Um, and of course, another great way is to simply just ask your ideal clients, the people sort of in your niche already, what they're listening to. Um, so those are my two favorite kind of easy cheater ways to find places to pitch to. Um, Let's see what else. One of the things that can really help with getting yourself into these opportunities is if you've already got a connection built with someone. So like I didn't come to Tad and just go, hey, can I come on this call? Like, you know, as someone who doesn't know you, like we've known each other for years. He asked me, we have a relationship. And so the more that you can start to build up those relationships in your business, the more that you'll find these opportunities. So three ways that you can do that when you're brand new. Um, I know it's easy to kind of look out there and we see, you know, these sort of groups of internet marketers who all seem to be friends and all like promote each other's stuff all the time. Um, you can create that for yourself. So 
one way is to jot down a list of three people who you would consider maybe your competition. So people who you're like, we all have those people, right? Where we're like, oh, they're like doing the same thing as me. And we get all like up in our heads about it. You kind of mad about it. Go and reach out to them. See if they're willing to get on a Zoom call with you and let them know that, you know, you've been checking out their stuff. It looks like you're doing some similar things and you'd like to get to know what they do better to see if you might be able to send them clients that aren't a good fit for you. So you're not doing it as a way to steal their clients. You're doing it as a genuine offer to be able to refer clients um, between each other. I send people to Tad all the time. I think Tad sends people over to my programs. Like it's, we, we teach kind of the same things. We teach them in different ways. We have different niches. We have different approaches. Um, but when you start to be able to see your competition as someone that you can actually collaborate with and build this referral network with, that's a really great way to start. So I would encourage everyone to choose three of their competitors and do an email um, like this to try to get on a call with them. Um, you can also reach out to your peers. So like other people on this call, other people in, you know, Tad's um, uh, membership program, anywhere, big free Facebook groups that you're in and just start connecting with people who seem like they have maybe similar but different audiences. Um, so if you are a holistic chef, you might try to connect with other health coaches or other physicians or any anyone who might have the same audience, but who isn't necessarily competition. Those are great people to kind of start building your referral network also. Um, and then also people that you look up to. So they might be in the same industry as you. They might be like sort of parallel, but who are like a little bit further ahead of you. Um, I wouldn't say go, you know, email Brene Brown and be like, Hey, <laughs> right. So the people who are just a little bit further ahead than you, um, one thing that I love to do is just to send them an email saying thank you for something. So if you've like used one of their free resources or maybe you've like listened to their podcast forever, but you've never actually like reached out to them, you'd be surprised how far just sending them a genuine like intro, like, Hey, this is who I am. Like, I love what you do. You know, this thing that you, that, that you have that I downloaded really, really helped me and just leave it at that. So you're not asking them for anything. You're not pitching them anything, but you're just starting to like get your name sort of on their radar. And then you can follow up on this with you know, following them on Instagram. This is a little bit of a longer game, but it does work really well if you continue with it. So you could follow them on Instagram, you know, comment, genuine comments on their posts, um, connect over things outside of business. So like maybe they have a really cute dog and you have the same kind of dog. And so you, you know, <laughs> send them a picture of your dog. So anything that you can do to kind of start to build some common ground with people means that when you do send in those pitches, whether it's for a podcast or a guest post, you're already on their radar. So they already are like, oh yeah, I've seen you pop up a few times. Maybe it's worth a conversation versus just kind of going in cold. So that one's going to take a little bit more buildup, but it is something that you can start now. And those connections can actually come really quickly too. Okay. What else that Paul didn't already talk about? Um, one thing um, that I love doing is doing uh, pitching yourself to do trainings in other people's groups. So this would be similar to pitching for a podcast, except podcasts are like looking for guests, right? So it feels, it might feel a little bit easier to be like, well, I'll just go to the podcast, read the info, send in my pitch. Um, but once you start to build up these network connections, um, you might, so for example, let's say you're a holistic chef and you meet someone who's a holistic nutritionist and they don't offer chef skills and you don't offer holistic nutrition skills. That's a great partnership. And so you might be able to go to them and say, Hey, you know, I've noticed that, you know, I'm in your group. I've noticed there's a lot of people asking about, um, you know, how to actually cook these meals. I'd love to come in and just do like a half an hour free cooking demo on blah, 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 like no pitch, no nothing just to like give value to your people. And of course, then you go and get in front of those people, you blow their minds with your amazing content, and they want to know more about you. And then you can send them to that opt in that you've already created. So that's a really great way to actually be like podcasts are amazing because you're on 
they actually hear you speaking, but actually like being on video and engaging with people kind of like we are doing right here um, is an awesome way to start to just get more people into your world. So those are kind of my best tips for growing your list. Um, I would say like stop with the endless blogging, stop with the endless social media, stop like creating, creating, creating content. And if you're going to create a piece of content, get it out in front of as many other places as you can that already have hubs that exist versus just focusing kind of narrowly on your blog. Maybe feel scarier when I tell my students this, they're like, but it's safer to just like be over here. And I'm like, yeah, and slower. Rebecca, thank you. Oh my God, 100% to everything you said. That was gold. Um, I really, I just want to keep responding to it for a minute, but time, we got to move on. <laughs> we got a Bradley Morris. Now Bradley Morris, of course, very special guest to have today because so I'm launching this membership program. And the reason I'm launching a membership program is because Bradley hounded me for years. And, uh, you know, I kept putting it off and finally blew his mind and said yes. And uh, now it's happening and, and we're in the middle of the launch. Uh, and so man, I've known Bradley for 10 years, met him here in Victoria years and years ago. He's doing incredible work helping people create these kinds of online membership sites and courses uh, that are really engaging to people. Uh, in a really fun way. I love this man. So over to you, Bradley. All right, my seven minute timer set. Thanks for having me here, Tad and everybody else. I uh, drank two cups of coffee before getting on so that I could speak extra quick. So everybody get ready to write some furious notes. Um, so I want to talk about licensing. Um, so that for those of you like myself, I left social media four years ago and I erased my identity from the social media worlds and therefore I no longer existed. And what do you do when you don't exist on social media? You have to build real relationships with real human beings. It's like the old fashioned way. I now do business meetings on a telephone, if you remember what those are. So before I get into the licensing things, um, I when I pivoted from social media, I made the commitment to myself every year at New Year's, I write a word down and that's that word is my theme. And two years in a row, I had the same word and the word was relationships. And uh, I made the commitment to myself to foster real relationships with real people in the real world. Um, I've developed groups on my own home island of Salt Spring Island. Um, I've built communities for both myself, for other people like what we're doing with Tad right now. And my entire life has been devoted to fostering real relationships. So the four types of partnerships that I have focused on over the years with Magic Media have been collaborative. So that's where you would co-produce an event, a course, a webinar, a retreat that you're actually teaming up with somebody and you're collaborating on an event. This is a micro scale of what a collaboration can look like, what we're doing right now. Affiliate. I'm sure you're all aware of affiliates. Somebody promotes you, you give them a cut of the, the sales and that saves you thousands of dollars on upfront Facebook ads costs and you're just collaborating on something that people believe in. And then guest submissions, which um, Paul and Rebecca have gone into quite a lot. And then licensing. So this is where you give an app, a platform or an institution the rights to package and sell your thing. So let's dive into what that can look like. So. Um, I taught 500 plus meditation workshops between 2009 and 2012 and did retreats around the world. And when I felt like that chapter in my life was complete, I produced 48 meditation tracks with custom music. We did a really amazing job mastering them and, and creating the highest quality we could. 
And then I started to license those to meditation apps. And the, the licensing, I, I've licensed to about eight different meditation apps, as well as to companies for their wellness programs for their employees. And those licensing deals, they pay out monthly, quarterly, annually, and the occasional one, I'll do a lifetime licensing deal. Uh, those have, you know, when I was teaching workshops, I was teaching two to 20 people at a time, and I would have to show up three, four days a week to teach those workshops. And since I put my stuff online in 2012, I mean, I've reached hundreds of thousands of people from 80 plus countries and my meditations have generated hundreds of thousands of dollars of passive income over the years. And so that's just from putting it out and leveraging other people's networks and platforms that they've built. So the next is uh, we worked with a client. She was a corporate speaker. She was touring the United States speaking week in and week out at, uh, to corporations, working with their team of executives, working with their employees. And so we took her body of work and we helped her to package it into a course that she could license to corporations. And instead of them hiring her for $10,000 a day, she was able to license her package for $25,000 and not need to be there to actually do all the work. It like basically she cloned herself to go out into the force. She was able to charge more money because it was this ongoing thing. And she did have to do quarterly coaching things on Zoom, but she didn't need to travel anymore. So next one, um, we produced a course called Survive the Storms with an emergency preparedness consultant and survival guide, uh, Chris Gilmore. And um, right now we're licensing that course into the school board system in Ontario as a beta. And if it goes well, it'll go across Canada to schools all over the place. Schools at the moment, colleges, universities, they're hurting right now. They're trying to figure out how to adapt to online education. And if you have courses that have already been created, there is an enormous opportunity right now to bring those courses in and help them to adapt to the curriculums that are trying to be taught online. The universities and colleges and high schools, they do not have the budget, nor do they have the ability to produce high-end, high-quality stuff. And if you do, you can come in and you have an amazing opportunity to license what you've already created or what you are creating as an independent educator. There's never been an opportunity like this. Like right now is an amazing Wild West. I mean, it's a sad situation to have this Wild West existing. But there is an opportunity for creators and entrepreneurs who have a body of work. And what they're looking for is people with who have done the work to create really high quality content, that it's professional, it's well produced, the teaching actually works, that you're leading people from where they are to an end result that's extremely specific. And so if you're doing that with your work, there's an amazing opportunity to license it. So who could you license to? apps in your field of work. So for me, like the meditation apps were the ones that I went to. Um, institutions, colleges, high schools, universities. I mean, even if you're a guitar teacher, there's online music schools that you could go to and license your courses to be a part of their memberships. So asking yourself, how does what you do, how could it complement a bigger hub that you could take it in and offer it to their audience? Um, and then, you know, companies, if you're in the corporate training field, are, do you have courses that you could take in, whether it's marketing courses or uh, courses that could be good for the human resources people inside of a company or to executives? Like there's, there's so many opportunities to license your stuff and to basically clone yourself to go out into the world and serve many people instead of the smaller amount that you would if you're doing, you know, Zoom webinars, workshops, retreats 
and one-on-one coaching. Um, so there's, I've got a couple resources I'll post in the Zoom chat here. The ones on creating awesome partnerships. So it's talking about the four types of partnerships going in more depth and talking about how do you actually reach out when somebody doesn't know you? How do you reach out cold so that you actually get responses? Um, and then, because I would say like majority, at least more than half of the people I reach out to for licensing stuff, they, they at least get back to me and tell me yes or no. Um, and then the how to license your content. I have a video that takes you into... Um, a bunch of different licensing partnerships and and how you go about that and what's the difference between exclusive and non-exclusive licensing. But licensing has been uh, a huge thing for me to leverage my life's work without having to grow uh, a massive email list, without having to grow a big social media following. I'm not distracted by Facebook and Instagram and all the things and I can focus on providing service to the people that I'm working with and I can focus on being joyful and, and pursuing my own creative passions. Um, and so, yeah, I would just say if, if you've got a body of work, it might be something worth looking at because there are a lot of platforms and people out there that are trying to catch up to what's happening right now. And they don't have the capacity, the budget, the bandwidth to do it. And they will happily bring you under their, their umbrella to license your stuff. And you could start making paychecks on what you've already created. Done speech. Boom. And <laughs> bringing it. Hot and fast, incredible. And there's the links too. Bradley, you're amazing. Thank you so much for sharing those. This is very useful. Uh, for those of you watching the video after, we'll, we'll put all the links uh, in the chat below. Uh, okay, so uh, moving on, we've got uh, Nancy Jutton. And I met Nancy, we were just talking about this before uh, this call. She was the first one to join the call. They uh, met at a fellow Robert Middleton, actionplan.com, dear colleague of many of ours and, and mentor to many of us. Um, he uh, had a gathering and we met and I was just so struck by Nancy and her and her work. Uh, she had an ebook called Bye Bye Boring Bio uh, years ago and it was the best and still remains the best thing I've ever seen in terms of writing your bio. Your bio is the most underrated part of your whole website and your, your marketing platform, just the, telling your story. And so uh, I have recommended her work uh, endlessly at pretty much every workshop I've done. I've said, if you're working on your bio, this is who you want to go uh, see. So uh, without any further ado. Thank you, Tad. And what an honor to be here in front of such an engaged group of folks. It's really a thrill to be here. And I'm happy to tell you that Bye Bye Boring Bio got updated for 2020 for speakers, experts, and authors. And I think it's better than anything I've done up until this, this date. But what I wanted to talk about today is list building. And I'm going to take a little bit of a different approach than what we've heard from some of our lovely and illustrious folks. I want to tell a couple of quick stories. Uh, I, you hear it all the time. You've got to grow your list. You've got to grow your list. Does everybody hear that all the time? Let me see some hands. Yeah. And maybe you might be feeling like you're stuck at the front door because the only people on your list are your mother and your brother and your sister. And none of those people are going to buy anything from you anyway. Does that feel pretty good? <laughs> you know, how am I going to grow my list? And so you grow your list by deciding, making a decision to grow your list. And I've done it in all kinds of ways. I've done it through partnerships. I have become a JV leaderboard topping angel with some of the biggest transformational leaders in our space. I have tried Facebook advertising and had that work pretty well. 
And my favorite thing to do is the organic thing. And I'm going to elaborate on that in just a minute, but I wanted to tell you one other, two other quick little stories that have teaching points packed within. One of my best strategies for you is to lead with the giving hand, no matter what it is that you do and wherever you go. Because when you give first before you get, and you give in a way that's memorable, remarkable, and results generating, the person to whom you have shared your advocacy and championship is going to remember that. It's going to turn their head. And they're going to reach out to you at some point because karma works like that. And they're going to say, thank you so much for supporting what I was up to. I could definitely feel the impact of your influence. What can I do for you to support you in a similar way? It's a very real and genuine way to start a relationship with someone. If they feel the weight of your advocacy and people decide to join their world in one meaningful way or another, they're going to come back to you and say, that was great. Maybe there's more we can do together. What can I do to support you? And on the other side, sometimes you have list shame. Does anyone ever feel in their darkest moments they've had a list shame moment that someone said, how big is your list? And you didn't want to tell them. And maybe you were thinking, can't we have a little foreplay before the main event? <laughs> and I've, I've had that happen to me. People have asked me, well, how big is your list? Well, I'll tell you. As of today, it's 22,175. I've worked at that over a number of years. That's a pretty good size list. I'm not, I don't have any list shame about it. But I did have list shame when it was under that amount. And I remember someone saying to me, I love what you do and I love who you are and I love how you show up, but we'll never join venture until you have a list of 10,000 names or more because that's my minimum requirement. And at the time I didn't have that. And so I became relentless in the pursuit of that. And there are mistakes to be made when you do that because if you're just going after names that join your list, but you don't take good care of them, you're not any further ahead than when you started. So that would be something to keep in mind is be very mindful about what you're trying to do when you're growing your list. You don't just want anyone to grow your list. You want the right people that you can serve and love and nurture so that they will become raving fans, champions, advocates, and buyers and referral partners for your great work. So I've dealt with loose shame. I've led with the giving hand. And one of my best giving hand stories is when I used to own a public relations agency and one of my colleagues, Susan Harrow, who at the time had a list of 3,000, which felt, which felt like light years away from where I was, but she was doing some kind of a giveaway where she was giving away the very best publicity products on earth for a limited time only. And she was bringing some of the best names in the industry together to participate. And when I saw it, I thought, boy, one day I hope I get invited to participate in something like that. And then I got courageous and I said, I wonder if there's something I could do to support your launch because I've been a fan of your work for so long. I'd love to see what I could do to support you. And she called me and we had a nice chat. And I said, I'll happily use your promotional copy as Tad was saying that, um, you know, prepare the copy that you can cut, paste and go make it easy for people to play. So Susan made it easy for me to play, but it turned out that my very small list was one of the top performers in her event. And not only that, but I've got courageous and said, you know, you're dealing with all these big name people. If one of them drops off the edge of the earth and you need somebody to pinch hit, I'd be happy to have one of my products be showcased. 
And she was so ap appreciative of my thoughtful ap approach that she said, send me what you got and I'll take a look at it. Well, not only did she allow me to participate, but she promoted me and she put me on the map too. So lead with a giving hand, give first before you get, and don't get ridiculous about trying to grow your list just to get the numbers because it all comes down to the relationships you create with your subscribers. And so that's what I wanna really briefly talk about is, have I done JV partners and done really well at it? Sure. Have I done paid advertising and had done pretty well with it? Sure. But you know what works best for me and is most lucrative and most rewarding and the least bit icky and the most fabulous in every way? It's the Facebook group that I lead and serve and nurture every single day of the week. It's said that if you have 1,000 true fans of your work who sing your praises and sit at the feet of your wisdom, you can have all the income that you want with perfect clients that love you, appreciate you, value you, endorse you, recommend you, refer you, et cetera, et cetera. And with my Raise Your Voice, Make Your Impact Facebook group, that is comprised of 1,504 amazing speakers, experts, and authors who want to raise their voice, make their impact, and make money every step of the way. I'm like a kid in a candy store every single day posting something valuable to serve this audience to help them along their path. Once a week, I do a live show called Marketing. It's called Bio Makeover Mondays and More. And I actually look over people's bios and help make them brilliant for client attraction and other opportunity invitations. And I use that opportunity to see, hear, help, celebrate my clients so that they can one day become compensated for whatever it is that they're up to. It's the most engaged day of the week in my group. And I try to do something of value to bring people together to engage and I really pay attention to when people join. So specifically and terrifically, when people, if, if you don't yet have a Facebook group, consider starting one that's targeted to a specific niche audience and a problem that only you solve better than anyone else on the planet. Then when people ask to join, a good list building tactic is for you to not only qualify the person who's joining your group, but then in one of your qualifying questions, ask them, what is the best way for me to stay in touch with you to make sure you benefit from what we have to offer? And may I have a cell phone so that we can connect there too? And you'll be surprised how many people will gladly offer the email or their cell phone number because they're fresh in the group and they're attracted to you for some reason. And, and there you have it. If you get 10 or 15 new people joining your group every week and they subscribe to your irresistible free gift that solves a problem unlike any other way that they could do it with your help, you've got people coming in every single day that are getting into your world. Um, then if you have some additional training that's of value that's going to serve people, there's a way to set up your group so that you can have units as a tab in your group and you can post in the units tab specific things that are relevant to your expertise. Like in my case, I have a, uh, a short video to help you create your media one sheet so you can get booked on a podcast and leapfrog over others who are less prepared. I have another free gift that offers people um, the opportunity to preview the Bye Bye Boring Bio 2020 workbook and 
get excited about that. So as soon as people join, they're giving me their email address, they're giving me their text number, they're going to the units tab to get those other goodies. And then on Monday, when I do my live show, and I'm helping people, they're seeing me really support them in a way that feels really authentic and good. And then they can't wait to see what next there is to learn and do. So of the um, all the things that I've done, I don't regret the partnerships that I have, and I appreciate the relationships that I've developed, and many of them are lasting over 10 years, just like with Tad. Um, but I really love the group because it feels authentic, non-salesly, and it allows me to connect, serve, and grow, and allows my members to connect, serve, and grow. And I don't know if I took up too much time there, but how did that, how did that go for you, Tad? How did that go for you all you who are listening? <laughs> Is that good? Thank you so much. Uh, Nancy, thank you so much for joining. Uh, I put her link here, uh, getknowngetpaid.com. And Nancy, if there's any other links you'd like people to check out, please put it in the-, in the If your bio is lackluster and not blockbuster and you're ready to do something about it, I'm gonna give you a free gift you're gonna run and not walk to go and get because it's awesome. <laughs> it is really good, everyone. <laughs> it's a, yeah, the bio is such a, uh, there's, I, I won't go on about it, but check out uh, her work, please, please. And there it's, it's, this is the new, this is the new version. It's so beautiful. Not only will it help you make your bio brilliant, but it will help you get podcast and broadcast ready, media ready, media savvy, and have all the do's and don'ts of what not to do with the podcast host. So you duff it instead of win it. Yeah. <laughs> Very comprehensive. Amazing. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. And, um, I love this about the uh, Facebook list. There is that assumption. I want to grow my list. I want a big list. But is that really what you want? Do you want a big list or do you want sustainable income? Do you want, you know, uh, it's easy to get misdirected drive. Uh, so, okay. Last but not least, we've got uh, Charlotte Jacobs. I think I saw that Jesse also joined us as well. And uh, man, what to say about these two. So again, you know, connected with them probably a decade or so ago. And Jesse and Sharla have been such an incredible, uh, well, you know, in the big top tent, there's that pole in the middle that holds up the whole tent. And I feel like these two have been that for a lot of our scene. Uh, they, uh, every year for a number of years, they hosted gatherings for us to get together. So, you know, Nancy and I, and people like this could go meet at them. You know, Bradley went down to one with me a few years ago and a chance to connect with each other because it's just rare that we do. And so they've they've uh, really fostered and supported this whole community and a lot of relationships, a lot of partnerships have, have come out of it. And most of which I'll promise you they've never heard and they don't even know. Uh, so much good has come out of their work and they're fucking smart. They're really good at this marketing thing. They started out working with uh, holistic practitioners because they just saw that they were terrible at marketing their stuff and they started uh, teaching them how to do it. And this is uh, built into quite a robust business for them. I'm just incredibly touched they'd even be willing to take the time uh, as with all the presenters. I, I just, I know everyone is so busy. So uh, over to you, uh, Charlotte and or Jesse. Thanks so much, Tad. It's, I wanna say it's such an honor to be here because I know how picky you are about integrity. I know that like if anybody's gonna vet a guest for bringing to your community, your online community, uh, you know, you're one of the most hardcore. So 
whenever you invite me to be a part of something or whenever you share one of our videos or articles, I'm always like, oh, so touched, touched about us. So super, super delighted to be here. Yeah, we've known each other a lot of years. And, um, you know, for those of you who are here, I just really want to applaud you for following Tad because of, all, you know, a lot of people that are out there in the world sharing stuff for coaches and holistic practitioners and healers types. Um, you just, Tad, you just bring the value so hard and you just love on your community and, you know, just really, really honored to know you and honored to be here. So thank you. So I wanted to start, I'm going to talk about how to create a story that supports you in getting clients. Now, there are many kinds of stories that you can tell that will help you grow your list, that will help people, you know, bring people into your world. But I want to specifically talk about one of the core stories that you need to develop that you're going to be able to use everywhere. You might use it in part of your bio. You know, I know Nancy is such a brilliant master at helping you create your bio. And, and part of that process is likely figuring out your story. And so I want to talk about this one specific type of story. Before I do, I want to share a little clip. It kind of demonstrates this. So if, if um, uh, Ted, if you could allow me to share my screen, that would be amazing. I want to just share a quick little clip here of um, of the type of story that we are talking about here, or more like a little something fun. All right. Wait, so do I... <laughs> How do you do that? If you click on my three dots, maybe if you make me co-host, that should probably take care of it. Not giving the co-host, but I'll make you host. You, you, okay, great. You have the power now. I am the host now. All right, so this fun little clip. Let me share my computer sound. All right, y'all ready? Everybody can see my screen, black screen? Here we go. I always dreamed of being a pilot, but I just felt stuck on Tatooine. Boy, I know that stuck feeling. Then I met this guy, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Well, he turns out to be a Jedi and offers to teach me. Next thing I know, I'm part of the Rebel Alliance and facing Darth Vader himself. Wow, that's incredible. So I start training hard with Yoda. Then I find out Vader is my father, and I have to bring balance to the Force! Yeah, I know what you mean. I could really use some balance to my Force. Right? So I took everything I learned, defeated the dark side, and boom! The Force is in balance! Whoa, could you teach me how to do that? Actually, I have a Jedi training package that might be a good fit for you. <laughs> All right. So those are actually my kids, mine and Jesse's kids. And um, funny enough, I know Brad just spoke recently too. And uh, Brad, you know, you inspired us to get creative. That was our, our very first green screen project. <laughs> but I hope you enjoyed that. And, you know, the interesting thing is that you can share a story and you can share the story about why you care so much about your work in a way that has people want to be in your world and want to be a part of what you're doing. And it has them really connect with you deeply, like connect with you emotionally. Right. So if you you know, when we think about stories, it's you know, Star Wars is such a perfect example. We did that little spoof with my kids about them sharing a story. Like, have you ever happened to been, you know, sharing a story about something that happened to you or how you were able to able to overcome a challenge? And somebody said, wow, can you you know, teach me how to do that. Well, you've probably heard this type of story. Anytime someone is uh, sharing like on a webinar or a video, they are sharing some value. They're going to share with you their story of why they care so much and why their work matters to them. And I want to talk today about how to share this story in a way that your potential clients will lean in. They'll be excited to work with you. 
And uh, the problem is that if you don't have this story that does two things, and I want you to write this down, it needs to both share your humanity and your expertise, your humanity and your expertise. Another way to think about it is we wanted to create both connection and credibility. We wanted to create connection and credibility. We call this the hero's journey story. If you're familiar with Joseph Campbell's work, that was life-changing for me when I was in my twenties. And, and you know, that, that journey of the hero's journey story, it's something, one of the story arcs that we see in Hollywood that moves us, that we are so connected to as we go through our own struggles. So this is a short story about how you overcame the struggle that your potential client faces. Tad shared earlier about making sure you have, we, we call it a niche, but I know in Canada, you call it a niche and lots of other places, right? But uh, that when you are really crystal clear on who you're helping and the problem that you're helping them solve, it becomes a lot easier to share your story and to create this story. And this is why, you know, when you can actually really do like the story that uh, Tad shared earlier about the therapist who was in a cult, sharing your personal journey makes such a difference and it creates this this trust and it really compels people to want to work with you so there's a very specific formula for how to share your story and again it is a formula that hollywood uses that captures our imagination that connects deeply with our souls and you know if you've ever seen star wars then you're familiar with the formula and you probably didn't even know it it's it's really one of the main reasons that that movie series and others got so deeply into our hearts and our minds. And there's there's like the depth of that impact is no accident, right? Because human beings are wired to connect deeply with stories. So it's essential that you understand this formula so you can share your hero's journey story, connect with potential clients one-on-one -on -one or if you are sharing in a group. And oftentimes it just takes your ideal clients knowing that you walked the path that they are on and that you're just a couple of steps ahead of them, that you've had the struggles and the pain that they're facing, and you had a turning point moment that brought you at least a few steps ahead of your potential client. When I share my story, whenever I'm a guest being interviewed, or you know, if there's ever an opportunity to share my story, I talk about how I struggled to get clients when I was first starting my business 20 years ago, maybe. <laughs> and. Um, and then I had this divine download of using the five elements of heart selling system. And, you know, for me, I was a geeky acupuncturist who was really into the emotional work of the five elements of Chinese medicine. And I had a moment where I was trying to get clients and I thought, gosh, what if the five elements were present in sales conversations? They're supposed to be present everywhere else in the world. What if they're present in sales conversations? And that divine download helped create this system that we have taught to tens of thousands of people in the last 16 plus years since we've been doing this work. And I mean, I went from, you know, being out there doing flyers, you have to realize this is before we had social media, right? <laughs> like if you wanted to go meet people, you had to go to one of those like chamber of commerce networking events. It was so horrible. <laughs> I always felt like such an outsider and I didn't belong. Uh, but I went from like, like, barely being able to afford my groceries to tripling my income, getting to that like $5,000 a month mark in that first 90 days. Um, and so that would be an example of what I might share if I was talking with someone one-on-one -on -one or I was talking about this particular problem or challenge 
if I was talking about how to speak to get clients, then I would share how we couldn't get more than three people to come to our workshops. And then we had a turning point where we had 88 people and we made $33,000 in one weekend. Now, if you've overcome a health challenge, for example, you can share that story if you're some kind of a health practitioner and how you help others with the same kind of health challenge. Or if you work with couples to get their spark back, for example, you could share about your own relationship transformation. All it takes to be successful here is that you've struggled with the same problem that your people have and that you're now two steps closer to where they want to be. Ideally, the farther ahead, the better, but even being just two steps can really be helpful. When we were first starting out six, you know, 16 plus years ago at our first event, people actually appreciated that we weren't Deepak Chopra or Tony Robbins because we really still connected with where they were at emotionally. And we were a couple of steps better, you know, higher, like uh, farther along the path than they were. We had figured out how to fill our practices and that's what they wanted. So your hero's journey story should have three main parts, your low point, your turning point, and your high point. The main focus here is sharing that turning point moment when like you had an insider breakthrough and everything changed for you. I've got an example here from, uh, we call our Thrive Academy members Thrivers, Melissa Seaman. And when she came to us, she had just lost her entire savings and business property and an economic collapse related foreclosure. She was making about $2,000 a month in her on the side shamanic healing practice. And it was not enough to support her and her kids in San Diego. And as Melissa used what she was learning here at Thrive, she started to share her hero's journey story of how she had been a Stanford educated attorney who accidentally became psychic while giving birth to her daughter. And she realized she no longer wanted to be an attorney. And she shares that story and like, you know, really about stepping into her life purpose, into her genius, into her gifts. And now she earns multiple six figures as a channel and a business advisor to visionary entrepreneurs and Fortune 500 executives. And so she shares that story. I'm going to break that down for you. Her low point lost everything. Her turning point moment was that she accidentally became psychic. And her high point moment is that now she earns multiple six figures every year. Now, that you know may not be anywhere close to your story. And this is the cool thing about the hero's journey story is that while it is a formula, the details and the emotion and the, the magic of what is part of your story makes it really unique. A lot of times people think about templates and they think it's all cookie cutter, but the reality is that that templates are designed to help you bring your uniqueness and to customize those for you so we can work with formulas that we know work, but also bring them out in a way that's super 100% unique. So a couple other keys about telling a great hero's journey story. One, you relive your story as you tell it. So if you actually are telling it on a video, you're telling it in a conversation, you genuinely feel what you felt in that moment. Um, I didn't have enough time to do my full story, but you know, if you ever get to hear me on a webinar or something like that, you will hear it and you will really, I will get back in touch with that feeling of like standing in the grocery store with the organic avocado in one hand and the conventional avocado in the other hand. And the difference of a dollar was such a different, like such a, a moment for me of realizing that like I couldn't keep going this way. And so you just really want to feel that story when you share it. You want to also make your low point, turning point and high point each their own scenes, depending on how much time you have to paint those scenes in vivid detail. You want to bring them into each scene like, you know, 
even a moment of like, what did you feel or smell or like, just so they can actually like be brought into the scene with you. And, you know, one of the things that happens is when you share your low point, people really feel seen and acknowledged and gotten because it feels relevant for them. So this is an interesting detail here. One of the big mistakes a lot of coaches and holistic practitioners and healers make is they're so focused on this being their story that they they keep like details that might be really relevant to you because it was like a huge turning point in your life, but it's irrelevant to the arc of the story. So we really are taking, we're taking our story, like your transformation, for example, might've happened over a three year period, but we're designing it just like in a movie, you don't watch the whole two weeks, you jump to another period because it, it's just like, what is relevant? So um, when you put your hero's journey to story together with the rest of what we call the client attractors, a profitable niche, I'll say it that way for you, your what do you do statement and your positioning, you create this 100% unique, what we call a client attraction code statement. So you can attract all the clients you want and help more people and earn a great living doing the work you love. So I, I have a lot more that I could say about it, but this is just a, a taste to support you in determining your story. Again, there are many, many stories and that, you know, different types of stories that you can tell. This is just one type. And I will tell you that when you start writing and sharing stories with people on your email list or people who follow you on social or in your Facebook group, stories are magical and they really draw people in and have people feel really connected and, and want to stay in your world. Amazing. Thank you so much. Um, You're welcome. Yeah, well, there's so much that could be said there. The uh, it's interesting. I've never heard that. That I love that breakdown. Low point, turning point, high point. I've, yeah, I've never come across that. It's just a very easy formulation. And just for everyone, yeah, I, I do get the resistance to to the formula. But just keep in mind, if you do any martial arts, there's formula. Yoga, the you know, there's these routines. This is, there is a certain formula. This there's a, a strange frankly, adolescent resistant to any structure. This kind of anarchic, I'll just do what I want. There is a reason that when ceremonies and rituals are done, they're done in a certain way, certain things first, certain things second, th certain things third. And yeah, the thing that brings it alive is the people in it and how you show up in the ceremony, how you show up in the, you know, you can't just go through the yoga thing mindlessly you, you got to bring your own attention to it and pay attention to your own body and maybe you can't do that back bend maybe you can't do that forward fold so you have to then adapt and that's where it, it comes alive but the the notion that no formula ever is i just think it's it's a uh, less mature than it could be it's some kind of obsession with freedom and i do what i want and um uh, a deep and profound misunderstanding of what authenticity is you know, it's the, I refuse to be claimed by any lineage at all in the world. I just do my own thing. I made it all up. Well, congratulations, but this culture spent thousands of years. So I'm probably going to trust them more than you freestyling it and then branding it. So it's, um, anyways, just to say about that. So thank you so much to everyone uh, for coming, all the presenters, uh, all the links are below. And by the way, I also just want to give one shout out to a woman who, uh, she had to leave. I was going to give her a shout out in person. But uh, if you know anyone who's in Brazil who speaks Portuguese, uh, this is a woman who came across my work, Ana Fragoso. Uh, she does slow marketing in Brazil. Can you believe it? Um, 
uh, Brazil, where it, according to her, a lot of the marketing world is 20 years behind where we are in terms of rethinking some of the ethics, still a lot of pushy, you know, stuff, hangovers from the 80s in America are still clinging on there. So if you know anyone down there, uh, go check her out. She does beautiful, beautiful work. Um, and what else to say? I've got this membership program, marketingforhippies.com slash membership. You can check that out. You know, all the details are in the sales letter. I really encourage you to go check out the links in this in this chat to copy them now. It'll go, uh, when the video goes live, you'll get an uh, email with that as well uh, with all this content. But man, thank you everyone just who presented. You brought it. That was gold. There was so much content. There's, I mean, Y'all could just frankly take this and chew on this for the next year, what was in this and follow these resources and you probably still wouldn't be uh, at the bottom of it. So I'm very grateful uh, to my colleagues for, for coming to support. This was fun. This was really good for me here. I got ideas for new videos and uh, that's it. I wanna respect your time. We're a little over time. Thank you so much, everybody. And uh, we'll, we'll see you around hopefully. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to today's Making Magic podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review. And if you didn't, remember, treat each other how you want to be treated. I invite you to come check out our Magic Media membership at magicmedia.com. That's M-A-J-I-K media.com. Our affordable, all-inclusive membership offers everything a purpose-driven creator could need to produce your educational content, engaging courses, and thriving online communities. The membership includes all of our premium courses, bi-monthly mastermind group coaching, and an inspiring, supportive community of fun-loving, dedicated entrepreneurs and creators to make magic on the internet with. See you there, and tune in next time.